You are locked on wild, your Minnesota wild. Now every other day here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, I'm your host, Joe Bully of ZoneCoverage.com, and with me is Tony Abbott of The Athletic Minnesota, and I just want to start off with a little bit of programming note. Uh, because there's no hockey action, our everyday Minnesota wild talk every Monday through Friday is kind of got to get reduced down to, you know, three days a week, and that's just until uh, we know more. It's tough to... Uh, try to come up with content every single day but we're here for you regardless it's just going to be now three every, uh, three days a week tony how have you been i'm doing all right i just wanted to say that like you know when there is more news we'll be uh, we'll be back and i'm sure like if the draft happens say before the hockey season shows up or, or like when we know when free agency starts we'll we'll be back in more of a full swing every day and be there for you but for right now uh you know it's uh, it's thin, you know. You guys know it's thin with uh, with topic ideas, and, and you also know that uh, we know that you know you're uh, listening to podcasts less, at least statistically, right? Um, you know, people aren't commuting as much. People aren't listening at work because you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, think about that. Uh, so yeah, uh, so we'll be back uh, when you when you need us the most, we'll be there. just uh, just trust that. but yeah, we'll we'll still say every day. We'll still say every day. and uh, also, you know, if there's any emergency type situations that pop up, should there be any sort of trades or uh, uh, free agent signings or something like that throughout the summer as well, we may even pop on more than three times a week as well. Or so Kirill Kaprizov signs. Yeah, well, we could spend a whole week. Breaking spend, down Kirill Kaprizov. We'll give you a Kaprizov month. That would be amazing, wouldn't we're, it? We're recording shows on weekends, too. <laughs> Why not? Bring in that, uh, that big cash, homie. I'm writing some checks I can't cash. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Tony, have you been well, uh, paying attention to, or well, not paying attention, have you been watching any new shows during uh, your quarantine time? I'm supposed to watch Tiger King because uh, my co-host uh, of my other show, Corn Cop Hockey, wants to talk about it. And by the way, if you are looking, you know, if you're like, ah, you know, I need more podcasting now that you guys aren't talking every day. This would be a really good week to try Corn Cop Hockey. Uh, we have the uh, the boys from Blocked Party coming in this week. Uh, and, and that episode should be uploaded today. John Cullen and Stefan Heck joined to uh, to talk about uh, their favorite hockey Twitter blocks, and uh, uh, and uh, and it, it's it's just a good time in general. We also talk about uh, their Canucks and their Leafs, so uh, it's a it's a good time all around. Yeah, definitely check out Corn Cob Hockey, and that's you and Hellblazer Vice, correct? Yes, yes. Uh, uh, Kevin, uh, big on New Jersey Devils Twitter, big on hockey Twitter, uh, yeah. but uh, but specifically a New Jersey Devils fan. So we have a good time there. Um, and then uh, and then uh, I guess the other new show that uh, that I've been watching is I'm um, still watching Better Call Saul, just kind of tearing through the new season of Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I still should probably take the time to finish Breaking Bad. I'm kind of about three four seasons in, maybe. And uh, then hockey got in the way, and I, I kind of stopped watching that. But the the two shows that I am in on right now are Ozark just returned to Netflix for season three on Friday. So I'm about four episodes in on that. And then uh, Westworld also just picked up. And uh, uh, speaking of Aaron, uh, Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad, Aaron Paul um, 
is uh, one of the uh, the male leads in uh, the new season of Westworld. So better call Paul. Better call Paul. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, so I, those are the two shows that I am watching. Um, but uh, you know, there's you, you're talking about other podcasts. I was recently on an episode with our friends Giles and Ben Remington for Giles and the Goalie, and uh, we did a top ten skaters in minnesota wild history list Ooh, any surprises for you there is a a couple in there that are a little bit controversial i definitely suggest you go and listen to that um but uh yeah it was a good time talking with those guys and i know that you are going to be on next week doing a a not top 10 right Ooh, yeah i guess uh, i guess i call me in to do the wrestling heel thing and uh, and I'll be uh, I'll be on with them ranking the ten worst Minnesota Wild players in history. And uh, I am uh, I am grappling with uh, with my own list as well. I'm going to put together my own list just uh, just to compare it. Uh, so I am I, I'm throwing that together, and I'm debating just like how tipsy I should be for maximum like burnage. <laughs> yeah, like where do you rank Jan- Daniel Charnquist, right? Yeah, I, I I don't think about Daniel Charnquist, uh, but like uh, I don't know, like I I don't know how much of a heel I'm gonna be, or okay. or, or how right. many uh, how many fat tires it's gonna take for me to uh, to be able to hit that sweet spot of uh, of of ripping on uh, on some guys that we remember. But uh, well, uh, you know, I would say if you want a ratings thing. Then you got to go scorched earth. If you're just going to go with more realistic, you probably should still go scorched earth. On the yeah, I was going to say know. like I think you should just go for it. I I, I kind of feel bad because like anybody in the NHL is you know way more capable at uh, at hockey things than than I am certainly. Uh, the uh, the the most impressive hockey feat that uh, that I sat through was watching Miracle once. Uh, and that was just impressive because it's Miracle's not that good of a movie. Speaking of sports, Scorched Earth. Oh wow, uh, controversy right off the bat. <laughs> uh, like I, I saw the uh, I saw the Athletics one top one hundred rankings of uh, sports movies, and Miracle rated as the number one hockey movie. And I'm sorry, but it just isn't. I don't know. Mystery Alaska is pretty pretty good. I've not seen Mystery Alaska. That's a good one. Um, anyways, we have to take a break. We're going to get into some actual, uh, some sort of wild talk here. There's a big list of uh, classic games that FSN announced. We're probably going to come back and talk about that right after this break. You're listening to Locked on Wild. Welcome back to Locked on Wild. It's Joe and Tony here on your Wednesday, April Fool's Day. And uh, Tony, Fox Sports North obviously can't air live uh, content uh, on their channels, and uh, they're they're doing a bunch of classic games. By the way, uh, radio stations are doing this too. I know that uh, KFAN had um, some classic wild games, but they also replayed the uh, the Outback Bowl on Sunday, and it was kind of fun to listen to that. Uh, some classic was that games. This year's bowl game for uh, for the yeah, Gophers. Yeah, that was uh, January first, which seems like five years ago. Yeah. Oh, does it? <laughs> Seems a lifetime ago, uh, but FSN released a list of classic wild games that uh, would they do this last night or I forget when exactly when they came out. But I want to go through this list with you if these uh, actually intrigue you or if you remember 
these games as well as uh, do you think maybe there's uh, any glaring omissions? All right, let's go. Okay, their first game is coming up April 4th, 7 o'clock. It is the first ever game against the Dallas Stars. And uh, if if I remember correctly, they uh, they whipped on them like six nothing in that game, right? It it was. I actually was in the stands for that game, and uh, you want to talk about goosebump moments? I I get them every time I think about it. Who uh, who scored in that game? Uh, Darby Hendrickson. Okay, I think Wes Walls did as well, and I th- I think Darby got a hat trick that game. Actually, if I remember. Mm, all right. It'll it's it's a good watch if you want to remember what the X was like when uh, fans were raucous and there was a buzz in the building, watch that game. I, I would actually be interested in that game, in watching that game, just to just kind of see how the Wild were in their first year. I think that that would be really cool as a historical mm-hmm. artifact. And I think what you pointed out about how the X was absolutely rocking, I think that would be a, I think that would be a cool moment to see like an entire stadium having like this cathartic moment yeah it was it was fun to be a part of uh the next game on the list is comes on april 8th it is the first ever home wild game in in franchise history that was against the philadelphia flyers and they skated to a 3-3 tie okay spoiler Uh, alert (laughs) uh marion gabrick scored in that first goal as well or first uh dallas stars game as well so uh, that yeah. would be uh, that would be really cool. What that would be like an eighteen year old Gabrick at that point. Eighteen year old Gabrick. Jeez, baby Gab. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, the uh, the the first wild home game. Like I said, like as like a historical uh, piece. Like that's something. Like I I don't know if that's appointment viewing necessarily for me, but like it is right. something that I would watch. Darby Hendrickson also scored in this game. He scored the first goal for the Wild on home ice, I believe. And and I tried to remember this as like trivia, but it was actually Mark Recchi that scored the first goal, and it was a goal against the Minnesota Wild at the Exonergy Center. All right. So yeah, uh, maybe I get a chance to see if maybe I was correct on this, but I swear that that was the case. Uh, next item up for bid. Uh, April 17th, they're going to air the Game 6 win of the 2003 Western Conference Final versus Colorado. That was the game at home that the Wild had won. Remember, the Wild only split in the first two games in Colorado in that series. They lost the next two home games to go down to a 3-1 to deficit, but stormed back with a Game 5 win, and then Richard Park scored in overtime in Game 6 in uh, – one of those memorable games from that run as well. Yeah, uh, two goal, three point night for Gabrick as well. <laughs> this is gonna be a Gabby fest, isn't it? Yeah, uh, um, just one of those. Uh, another situation where the the arena was just rocking and uh, lots of fun in that game. Uh, they're gonna follow that up with the next night on April eighteenth with the game seven win in the 2003 Western Conference quarterfinals. This is the Andrew Brunette game. Mm-hmm. I have seen the list uh, of games. Uh, I, I saw them yesterday, and mm-hmm. those were two of the three games that I think like would be kind of appointment oh, viewing. Yeah. Like, those games were so tense and, uh, and so uh, 
like so good. I remember watching those as a kid, and and just like the uh, the tension mm-hmm. and um and and not even knowing that the Wild weren't like that great of a team and the like. I, I suppose I knew how good the Avs were, but like I didn't realize like how like outmatched Minnesota was to a oh, degree. Yeah. It but, really uh, was a David and Goliath type of thing. But uh, yeah, uh, that would be uh, that would be a really cool uh, set of games to go and watch with uh, with adult eyes, I suppose. And sure, just yeah. be like, oh, okay, like, and, and then of course, like you have like like you said or like I said earlier, you have Gabby going off. You have those two. Uh, you have those two overtime wins, just like mm-hmm. stupendous drama. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I would love watching these uh, over again as well. But the and then uh, the next game is the on April twenty fourth is the Wild win game seven Western Conference semifinal at Vancouver. This was another three to one deficit. The Wild storm back win with uh, I think. I want to say Darby Hendrickson got the either the game tying goal or the go ahead goal in that game, mm-hmm. and I'm just going off the top of the head, but I swear that he he had a pivotal goal in that uh, in that game in the third period um, that helped the Wild. I, and I was watching these games, and uh, I certainly had way more of a reaction against the game uh, in uh, against Colorado because I was watching it by myself. And I was over at a friend's house and we were kind of watching movies and I made it absolutely an appointment to have her turn on the TV. And so I get to watch that game. Yeah. So the thing with the, the thing with this series is like it was a, a dramatic series in that uh, the teams hated each other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, when you look at uh, when you look at the comeback. Minnesota outscored Vancouver. Hmm. In those last three games, they outscored them sixteen to five. So yeah. they uh, they kind of ate Vancouver alive. Uh, in, in those last three games, the game seven was the uh, was the closest uh, score. So that I I, I don't know when. <laughs> oh, and they came back from a from a two nothing lead in the second period uh, to, okay. uh, to win four to two. So there you go. That actually, yeah, that actually looks like a. I, I didn't think it was going to be that fun of a game to watch, but uh, yeah. Uh, Todd Bertuzzi, by the way, put them up two nothing. Oh really? Yeah. Ugh. Wow, you'll see Danny Sedin's, by the way. Yeah, yeah, and Marcus Naslin, I think, was still a part of that Vancouver team as well. Yeah, Naslin was uh, was driving the bus there. Yeah, he was. I actually skipped over on this list because I wanted because I noticed the uh, the Vancouver game. But the, on April twenty first, they have a random regular season game where Minnesota beat Arizona in overtime for a seven straight win on March twenty seventh of thirteen. This is obviously the the lockout shortened season. This is the first year of uh, Prezi Suter, but it still feels very uh, kind of random. Yeah, I I was trying. I I looked into it yesterday, trying to find like what the significance really was, like if there was anything, you know, more than a a seven game win streak. But like, I mean, there really wasn't much there. Like, it wasn't a goalie duel. It was like a, a uh, I think it was a four three shootout win. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, and then, like Miko Koivu had, I think he had two goals, which I mean is good. But like, you don't have like, you know, if I was gonna see, uh, uh, I, I guess this is where maybe I'll talk about some alternatives, right? Uh, if I was gonna see a Miko Koivu two goal game, like the one I would want to see, and I know this came in an eventual loss uh, in the series, but I'd love to see the uh, the two goal game he had against Dallas. Where he scored the game winner in overtime on the, on that beautiful feed from Mikhail Granlund. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Um, speaking of Miko Koivu, that'd be a good one to see his return to Vancouver after his uh, leg injury after Matthias Olin broke his leg. Yeah, so like I don't know. I think there are like I think there are better like even win streaks, right? Mm-hmm. I think the uh, I think the game where they won the tenth in a row in 2016. Yeah. Uh, I mean, without remembering how they won it, but I think that is maybe a more significant game than, uh, than, than, you know. Is that the Islander game? Was it? it was like, I, can't I think it was late December, and we were wondering how long the streak was going to go on. And I think Dubnik showed some cracks in, in, in his armor there, and it was like a six to five thriller. Something like that. I feel like it might have been one of those games. Um, even the streak bowl on the New Year's Eve against um, Columbus, who I think Columbus was like a, on a 14-game win streak during that time as well. Like, I know the Wild lost, but that, that had some fun to it. Uh, and I guess if we're going to keep talking about games that I would have put in this place, I, I know that I know that a big part of it is that you want to, you know, you want to you wanna rally – you know, your fans get them excited about the wild still, so maybe you don't want to show losses. But I think the one exception to that would be that game six in that same Dallas Stars series. The uh the Is Let's Go period. Crazy game. Yeah. Where they scored I, I think they scored four times uh down five to nothing in the third period and scored in rapid succession and uh and almost tied that game up too. Like I think that was uh, that was a, the Nino obtuse angle over the line look. <laughs> like that was uh, that was an incredible game. That uh, that uh, it was an incredible third period for sure. Mm-hmm, for sure, you are right. By the way, that's uh, that's that tenth game was against the uh, was against the Islanders. Minnesota won six to four. Oh, okay, yes, I, I yeah, was... and that that's a fun game. A six to four game, like hell yeah, yeah. hell yeah. All right, we got a couple more games on this list. We are, we should probably take another pause here, but right back, we'll finish up the list, and uh, then we'll talk. Uh, somebody sent in their their Rushmore, so we'll talk about that. You're listening to Locked On Wild. You're listening to Locked On Wild here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Joe and Tony back with you. We are going over Fox Sports North's announcement of classic games. And uh, I was just thinking through the break, because we were talking right before the break, some omissions. Um, the Gabby five goal game. Oh, yeah, that's an obvious. I, have they already rebroadcast that one? That was the I think one. The, I think the radio did, but I don't think FSN did. Yeah, I would I would see that again, like in a heartbeat. Or even uh, Brent Burns' game winner on one of the first, was it the first year or the second year of like Hockey Day Minnesota against the Islanders? He had an overtime winner. I mean, that was a fun game to watch too. Mm-hmm. So like there's, I don't know, there, there's a lot of games that I would put on here. And like, you know, maybe uh, maybe the one against Arizona, uh, maybe when you like watch the game against Arizona, it's especially exciting. But like, I, I just like, 
I don't see it just from like the fact that mm. I don't really remember that game at all. Right. Yeah. And you know that wasn't like that certainly wasn't the best version of the wild that we've seen. You know, or yeah. or the stadium series game. Well, yeah. Well, that was an NBC game. Maybe FSN oh, doesn't have rights. Okay, for that. that that's true. That's true. All right. Uh, well, even any of the uh, the um, hockey day Minnesota games, they probably could do too. But uh, all right. Uh, continue with this list. I did leave off on the list with the Arizona game, but I remember if you remember, I skipped over that and um, and kind of moved on to the Vancouver. Uh, game seven win but the next on the list is april 27th the game seven win of the 2014 western conference quarterfinal at colorado this is nino's game time or uh overtime winner yeah this is uh this is maybe the best game in wild history uh another third period to absolutely marvel over it was absolute insanity there was controversy with darcy kemper getting uh, a a possible concussion and then not taking himself out until he had to be yanked out of there with a shepherd's hook and Brizgalov coming in to make one save the rest of the game. And uh, it turned out to be a huge save. I think if you look at it um, and the wild were able to storm back. Any save in overtime is a huge save. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, um, but yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just an incredible game. Uh, I, I, I remember Jared Spurgeon's goal the most. Yeah, uh, but drag. Uh, yep, yeah, but uh, I I mean like even like even over Niederreiter that that Spurgeon goal was absolutely sick uh, mm-hmm. to uh, to tie the game at four four and force overtime. Uh, that was uh, that was a white knuckle game all the way through for sure. Uh, Colorado I, never had the lead for too long either at any no, point. No, didn't. I remember I was writing during that third period because the Wild went into that down. I was starting to kind of write my postmortem on the season because this is the first year I was writing for Hockey Wilderness. And uh, I was just starting to begin to write kind of like a game recap and then just kind of a recap of the season. And uh, during that third period, I had to put it down. And then I couldn't believe what happened with overtime. I, I still... Like, I knew that Colorado was mostly, uh, you know, Jared Devine always said that Colorado during that year was a paper, a paper tiger, kind of like a um, uh, a house of cards in a sense that they weren't really set up for long-term success, even though they had some real dynamic players. I think the best comparable really is this year's Winnipeg Jets team, a young team with a lot of offensive talent, real bad underlying numbers, but a good enough goalie. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, Varlamov was definitely good that year, um, and it came crashing down in uh, in the playoffs. And it was it was absolutely sweet that uh, when that happened. And one thing you remember from that that highlight too on the game winner was Danny Heatley, um, who avoided getting bought out during that summer, and he was certainly not very good most of that season. But he became a real pivotal player. On that uh, on that play, making the headman pass up to I think it was Brodziak and then to Nino, um, and Nino was the one that took the shot with Brodziak driving the net. Yeah, that I, I was thinking about that. And, like I, I know Danny Heatley had just one shot, so it probably isn't his best game ever in a wild sweater. That was probably one of those games in in the first year. But three point nine from him, you can't uh, you can't turn your nose at that. No, you cannot. And then last on the list comes from, uh, it will be aired on April 30th. 
It is from April 26th of 2015. This is the uh, game six win at home to clinch the Western Conference quarterfinal against St. Louis. This was the hashtag laugh at Ott series. And you know what, Joe? Like, as far as, like, big wild playoff wins go, and I think I might have even written the uh, the recap for this one when, mm-hmm. when, when I was at Hockey Wilderness, but... Uh, I don't remember much about this game at all. I know that uh, without looking, I I know that Zach Parise I think scored like a real weird uh, a real weird goal to uh, to start the uh, to start the scoring. Like it was mm-hmm. like a weird angle goal, like from the goal line against the boards. Okay, and he just kind of throws a shot at the net and it goes in. Um, but you know, um, as far as like you know game clinching or series clinching wins go this one is like i don't know uh it it certainly doesn't get me rocking as much as uh either of those colorado wins right because those were in overtime and those were certainly had more drama to them but this was if i remember right that game six win was the wild just absolutely handling business there wasn't a whole lot of drama in the game they basically just controlled play and uh we're, we're rolling on their way and we're able to clinch the series at home. I want to say it was one of the first times or it may be the first time that the wild had clinched a, a playoff series at home. And, um, you know, we went into the game, the next series against the Blackhawks and uh, I thought that the wild really had a chance to get past them. And well, we know how that ended. <laughs> Probably Devin Dubnik's best performance in, in net in the playoffs though. Probably. And, and that's to say something, too, because I thought his series against the Jets, uh, where he absolutely needed to be the factor, he played relatively well for at least the first part of that series. I think he folded towards the end. Uh, I think it was game five. But, um, yeah, I would say that overall, probably his best. And that was actually the series that, that was um, the year that uh, the, the Wild acquired Devin Dubnik as well. And, and this is kind of a this is kind of like a, a 2003 Minnesota Wild win that they got here, where they uh, they get to an early lead and then they just kind of like fall back and you know mm-hmm. uh, and, and kind of try to do the counter punch thing, which um, I don't know. Like it's good that they want it and they certainly <laughs> had the defense to do it right, and, mm-hmm. and they definitely had the goaltending. That was the year that Devin Dubnik went off. Uh, that yeah. was uh, that was definitely Dubnik's first playoff run with Minnesota, but uh, yeah, not not exactly exciting hockey to watch. If I was hmm, trying to think <laughs> again, like I, I understand why you wouldn't want to show playoff losses or anything like that, but at the same time, I think the uh, I think the Showtime game against uh, against Chicago from the year yeah. before would be a more entertaining game to watch, even though Minnesota lost. Even though it stabs you right in the heart at the end. (laughs) Yeah, but, like, you know, they stood toe-to-toe with Chicago, who was an amazing team. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think that would be a a game that I would probably rather watch than this, but, like, I get it at the same time. Like, who wants to, you know, maybe maybe a a hockey nerd like you or I might want to, uh, watch but like you know just somebody who sure. is looking for any sports and, and just kind of wants to feel good again absolutely um last friday we did uh kind of our own hockey rushmores 
And uh, we had Adam, who is our, our frequent contributor to our inbox. If you want to email to our inbox, just check us out, lockedonwild at gmail.com. But he sent in his Rushmore. You want to go through it real quick before yeah, we end let's the show? Do it. All right. His first uh, guy is uh, Roberto Luongo. Says that he developed a lot of respect for him when the Wild would play Vancouver in the Northwest Division. Roberto Luongo. It's kind of funny that uh, that uh, I, maybe uh, maybe maybe he's respecting what Roberto Luongo did against the Minnesota Wild, which is always crap the bed against the Minnesota Wild, but <laughs> especially at the X Energy Center. I gotta take that little jab, but uh, Roberto Luongo is is a real good pick. Uh, just a fantastic goalie, like easy yeah. Hall of Famer to me. For, for a very, very long time. Uh, next on the list is Jerome McGinley, first opposing player that he learned to truly dread against the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, uh, Jerome McGinley, like you, like again, another easy Hall of Famer to me. Uh, just a fantastic player all around. A uh, mm-hmm. couple of Rocket Richards. Yeah. Um, I don't think he ever won the Hart Trophy, but I, I think that you have a year maybe two maybe three where you can make a real convincing case uh for him to win the heart trophy but just like a a phenomenal player for a long time i think he scored uh he scored 29 or okay so he scored 28 or more goals in a season with the Mm -hmm. exception of the lockout season for something like 15 years in a row yeah, it's crazy. Uh, next on the list, Nicholas Backstrom, uh, goaltender for the Minnesota Wild, is the first name that he learned, and he became a fan during his good years. Which there were some good years, definitely, uh, and there were also some of uh, the Minnesota Wild's worst years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I feel like Nicholas Backstrom kind of gets uh, written out of uh, of Wild history a little bit, just. Uh, just because he was so good early on and, and so bad at the end, like it was, it was real sad to try to watch Nicholas Backstrom make a save in his last two years. Yeah, he just had trouble moving, especially laterally. It just seemed like it really impacted his game as age and injuries really started to take its toll. So, like, but you know, like real solid goalie for Minnesota for a long time, and I, I, I think that's great that uh, that Adams recognizing Backstrom. Absolutely. And then his last player is uh, Kyle Brodziak. And he says uh, he was part of the wild for a while, was great role player and was amazing on the power uh, on the penalty kill. Uh, even if he wasn't always the best at breakaways, which we definitely know that he wasn't the best at breakaways. But he also says that like that we use in our Rushmore, he was often a person that was defending Brodziak. So that kind of built up a little bit of his attachment to Brodziak. Yeah, understandable. And like, I, you know, like I, I think that there definitely got to be a point. I, I guess there got to be a point, I, I think for me, where like Brodziak probably wasn't super defensible as a part of this team. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, like he had some good years for Minnesota where, you know, Minnesota didn't really have very many people in the way of centers and he was the guy who stepped up and, you know, maybe he played a little over his head a little bit at times, Mm -hmm. but you know, he was, he was there and he was able to play center and, and he, uh, certainly got a lot of chances. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like even, even past that, right. Just like, you know, he, he was there, he was a competent NHL center in a, in a time where Minnesota really needed one. And, 
I I don't I don't have anything uh, I don't have anything bad to say about Brodziak. Uh, yeah, he was one of the, uh, the 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 players that we tried to slay the narrative a little bit on him. <laughs> a little bit, uh, a little bit, not as much as say like Nino or or Dumba or like um Justin Fontaine, but I'm trying to look up his numbers by the way, like just uh, some of his charts just to see. Uh, and Adam also sent in a bunch of uh, mail. Yep, I was gonna say Adam also sent in a bunch of mailbag questions, and we'll get to those on our mailbag episode. But uh, in this time, uh, feel free to send your mailbag questions into our inbox as well. Again, that's lockedonwild at gmail dot com, and also on Twitter at lockedonwild. Yeah, Bronte Aquas uh, was uh, at least one win above replacement. For like five years in a row and had a year um uh, three years with minnesota and his first year with minnesota he was worth uh over two wins above replacement so uh yeah. pretty good pretty good there all right well that'll do it for our show today tony where can we find you you can follow me on twitter at oh hi tony you can follow my work at the athletic minnesota and you can follow my work at zonecoverage.com as well as follow me on twitter at joeboo15 that's going to do it for today's episode and if you liked today's episode please hit that subscribe button make sure you download first and uh, leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use it does help us out helps us get found by other wild fans such as yourself if you want to get in touch with the podcast, uh, you, we have an inbox. I mentioned that a couple times before. LockedOnWild at gmail.com. As well as you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnWild. That's going to do it for today's episode. Make sure to follow us every Monday through Friday to stay on top of every your Monday, Minnesota. Wednesday, Friday. Well, I suppose, yeah, I should probably change that. Uh, follow us currently with our times uh, change um, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday uh, for the time being until hockey returns to stay on top of everything revolving around your Minnesota Wild every other day. <laughs>